sir. Driven Minds Podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. Uh-huh. Season four with Driven Minds Podcast. We're in with another dynamic guest in the building. Oh, man. Uh, filmmaker, artist extraordinaire. Aristotle. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Definitely, definitely, man. Oh, man. Like, Aristotle is one of those guests that, um, you know, we have a connection with. Just so much history. You know what I mean? Like, Facts. being able to... See your career, see your journey, see your trajectory in the space um, through different spectrums of culture from being, you know, a designer to having your own agency to, you know, video directing to film directing through photography to visuals to just culture. Like, I mean, you're one of those creatives that's paved the way and like, you know, found a way to live your art and um um, become an artist in this space, man. So we salute you and thank oh, you bless. for coming. That really means a lot. Thank you so much, guys. Definitely, man. Definitely. Um, I started from the jump, man. Yeah, Actually, we have this. We have this picture of when we used to do music showcases. Okay, it's me, <laughs> you. Actually, uh, boss. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like yeah. it's from like word, word. That's a real picture. It's from like two thousand. I think probably like. 14 is probably 14. 13, 14. You know what I'm saying? Um, How cool is it to see bosses grow? Oh, it's crazy. Right? It's <laughs> crazy. It's amazing. Exactly. I think that night, who was performing? Either um, um, Sean McVeary was performing. Sean McVeary was performing. Or, there um, were a few um, performers that night, all really yo, good, too. Exactly. Yeah. I'm forgetting my homie's name, Um, the producer on J. Cole's last album, the one before Elite. The one. Elite. 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 Amazing producer, yes. Absolutely, man. Um, It just shows how far back. Mm. You know, um, we go and how far back the trajectory. First of all, that St. John's, something about St. John's. I don't know. Uh, like, it's a it's few in the water. Yo, it's, it's a few of y'all that I know that's, that's came up and is doing great things, man. Um, so let's take it back from the beginning, from, you know, when you uh, when you started, um, how'd you get into the space? But let's tell the people who you are and, you know, what you're doing. Take it back. Uh, yeah. So I'm a filmmaker. Uh that's where my journey has led me to and uh, my current passion. But uh, I, I started my career um, helping a, a kid that I went to college with, uh, with his artistry who ended up becoming J. Cole. Um, and that happened around the time that I was interning at Def Jam while Jay-Z was there. Mm. Um, so I just got to be like all up in that mix. And from interning, at, I interned at Def Jam for two years for free during college. So <clears throat> working in three different departments. So what I learned from that time there was that artist development was lacking for talent. Pretty much labels were just like really what we had was a program where we would go and see how many plays were happening on MySpace. And they were signing the kid who got the most plays in six months. It started really becoming a numbers game. Wow. Since and, back then. Oh, yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. It's for sure. bad now, but damn. Um, and, uh, you know, from that, I started realizing what was lacking, which was like a team of people for artists who maybe already like the, the motion was happening already. Like they didn't really pop, but they had a clear vision of who they were as artists, but they didn't have photographers or designers or video people. Mm. And that was like when content was just really popping, mm. you know, um, and the Internet was really popping. So I took that kind of experience and started this company called by any means, by any means. um which is something i started in, in my college dorm with mm -hmm. some friends and what i my whole mission with by any means uh was to bridge culture that was like the thing you know so um i grew up 
in the Bronx and the projects and Soundview, which was crazy if you know about the Bronx at that time in the 80s with the Bloods and all that. So that was nuts. But I also had uh, a connection to the CEO of Johnson & Johnson. So I had like this weird dichotomy going on in my life where like on the weekends I would see crazy things but then go to school in the Bronx, you know. So I found this balance and what what I realized between those two worlds and what was the inception of By Any Means was that it was really all based on fear, like the way these two groups of people couldn't see each other, like my hood friends and my rich friends from the suburbs, you know. It was just all based on fear and I was like, I'd love to use art as a way to bridge these people so they could be in a room together and start a conversation. So I started throwing art shows and Mm. at St. John's, but would have rappers come and just artists perform. So that's how I met Jermaine, Mm. you know? Um, But we had a lot of people come through like Stack Bundles and Joe Button and um, that was like our thing, but we always had live art. We always had really dope fine photography. And um, I was just like, man, it would be really cool to start a platform or some sort of community that was just based on that, <clears throat> was just based on using art as connection. Mm. Um, so then I started by any means and I really started gathering my friends who were around me. Mm. So, you know, at first it was a core of me and and my partner, Tavon Sampson, who was at the time also an intern at Def Jam who became the head of creative, wow. like through the mm. ranks, you know, and end up doing designing album covers for like all of like Nas's last seven albums and everything Neo did and was just like the guy like if you wanted a high-end design you went to Timon um so we started buying these and then I knew this other kid named Ty Chen who was this photographer from Philly who was ill like the way he approached photography at a very early phase was like something I had never seen like he was doing this series on people dying in hospice and Mm. heroin addicts but it was really beautiful but he just got his camera like two months ago like Mm. he just had real vision of of who he was as an artist and what he wanted to say Mm. um excuse me I smoked some weed before I got here. So, <laughs> so good. <laughs> <That's the realest>. Same. <laughs> yeah, I smoked um, weed before you got here. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Ty was just really so Ty was just really good at photography. So that was like our core. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we did stuff for J Cole and did like his first two mixtapes. We did mm-hmm. all the photography, all the design. We did the videos. We did the rollout. We did the digital marketing. Wow. And from that. That led into him getting his deal and becoming this huge thing. And then other major artists started hearing about what we were doing, but they knew me as like this intern that was like hustling all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Busta was like, yo, can you shoot something for me? And Jim Jones was like, yo, can you shoot something for me? And the Roots were like, yo, can you shoot something? Because these were just the people that I just happened to be around. It was a very mm-hmm. serendipitous situation. Mm-hmm. And we did videos and photography for all those kind of people. So it started in music. And um, through that, it evolved. And we got to do some amazing stuff. Like I, I got to direct videos for Nas. And wow. like I said, the Roots and... Um, two chains and Mary J. Blige and all these amazing people, and it was a really great journey. And then I eventually got to a place where I realized that, um, and through that, our team grew, and amazing artists started working with us, like people who've gone on to do surreal things, like mm. that we were working with. It was it was crazy. The 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 unit we had, we had the clothing line, we had mm-hmm. the video. We were just doing a lot of stuff, and it was all really well curated. Um, and then I just came to a place. Uh, where I had a deal with Kevin Lyles and Leo Cohen and they kind of invested and helped me grow by any means and through that interim we had this like office on 23rd and Park and 
I had all these great kids around me and we were really inspired and it was great, but it became more of a business than art for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I, I, I'm losing myself in this journey. And I decided um, that I really wanted to make films because one, I would be able to own my intellectual property mm -hmm. versus the things that I was doing. I wasn't owning anything, you know, it was cool and it looked cool on paper, but mm. it didn't really resonate. And I was getting older and I was just like, I need to start owning these things. Mm. Um, and it just, it's a culmination of everything. It's just like a culmination of design and photography and lighting and color and sound and performance. And it's just everything. And I was like, I really want to take that seriously. But in order to do that, I can't be the head of this ship anymore. Mm. So um, I made sure all the homies were good. Everybody got jobs and was straight. And I really went on this journey of making film mm. and it was a really it's been a lonely journey i'm still on it now i just completed my third short wow. um i've produced two features and it's it's a crazy world it really is so that's just like the short of it all <laughs> yeah well, in, in terms of like man it sounds like you went to college like twice or three times mm, for know, sure like meeting all these individuals and learning but while while we uh segue to you know the film um, make it portion of your career. I want to know, what's it like working with so many different creatives and having all that demand? Like they're coming to you because they they seen that you have a proven vision. Mm -hmm. They see you have proven execution, but they also have their own ideas. What's it like collaborating with so many like different energies? And I mean, still being able to like get to to the uh, the the crux, like the 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 point of what they're trying to drive. Yeah, I think that's. The answer to that is the difference between being a creative and a professional creative. You know, being a professional creative, anything at a high level is collaboration. Um, and I think being a good artist is being a collaborator. Um, mm. So it, it it's different in every area. I think for music videos, it's a little, it gets even trickier as you grow and as you work with bigger artists because they already have a brand that their consumer wants to see mm. and you can't really break too far from that brand you know mm -hmm. um so the box gets a little smaller but with commercials as a director you really don't have any say you know that's all kind of mm. figured out before you you get there it's all been storyboarded and it's all kind of been shot you're um you're there to more execute the idea you know, so you're you're forced to collaborate on on a high level, um, and film is is collaboration. Like if you can't collaborate, then you can't be a director, because it's 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 just it is what it is. When you say collaborate, like what? How much of it is do this versus this is what I think we should do? Um, I think it's a case by case scenario. I think it also depends on the role that you're in. I've always put myself in a position to fail. I've never been afraid to fail. So I've always been a director. I've always been a producer. I didn't really have the journey of being a PA, you know? Mm. Um, so I might have a different perspective on it, but um, just because I'm 95% of the time am hired to make decisions and that's what directing is. It's just making decisions. But um, I think good collaboration is is something along the lines of being like, this is kind of what I see and what can you add to that vision, mm -hmm. you know? And then finding the balance and compromise because collaboration is compromise. For somebody who always had the vision, um, especially even 
you know, pre by any means. And, you know, you're starting this collective and you're realizing your creative insight is adding value to these artists, more specifically um, J. Cole, like um, the by any means sticker. Like I remember... I remember the whole journey. Like I, I still have that sticker on my laptop to this day. Oh, bless! That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? And um, it was just like extremely inspirational for me. Um, was there a pivotal moment when you was just like, oh shit! Like you know, I got some, and you know, seeing like the Rockefellers and the Murder Ranks, the independent entities that came up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a two part question. Were you inspired by any of those, you know, movements around you at that time, or even before, or around the same time? And two, what, what was the pivotal moment when you realized, like, oh shit, like I got something. We could be a force in this culture space as far as you know, creating culture around these artists. Yeah. Uh, so to the first question, um, those guys definitely inspired me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, Dame Dash and Russell and and. Uh, Irv and like those guys set the blueprint puff like mm-hmm. you know they I was very influenced by hip-hop growing up being from the Bronx so those dudes definitely um, at least set a standard of what it's like to own your intellectual property because all those guys that you mentioned had 50-50 deals Absolutely. so they were not only great artists but they were great businessmen and that's something that I strive to be is like now don't you know keep my business just as good as my art mm-hmm. um, and then what was the second part um uh yeah what was the pivotal moment oh yeah that you knew um i think i think when you when you sit in a room and you know you're standing up and everyone's sitting down and it's just all these people looking at you and um they get inspired by you and you get inspired by them you know you've created something special Mm -hmm. you know um you know you created something special when the intern speaks up and he has the best idea in the room that's when you know you created something special so it's like those moments always inspired me you know you know working in music especially you have really short turnover you know you get hired on tuesday and the video's out in two tuesdays right, you know right. um so to be able to have so many talented people come together and create one vision and see that one thing through is is a remarkable experience and really inspiring um, so it's never really like the big gains. It's like those moments, you know, because those are really hard to achieve. Yeah. And speaking of gains, um, as as somebody for somebody who you know is aspiring to be a filmmaker, right? You you certainly like everybody knows like the creative part. You know, I wouldn't do this. This is where I want to shoot locations, what have you. In terms of the business part, um, is there any light you can shed on what early people who have you know earned that pedigree? That, that are starting to, you know, charge for the work or what have you. Like, what are some things that they should be looking for, um, you know, going forward from to ask from artists or, or, or clients um, to, to make sure that they're, one, building, you know, a good portfolio and also taking care of themselves contractually? Yeah, I mean, um, I think in anything you do, whether it's creative or selling soap or whatever, I think you need to hone your craft and really study the business Mm -hmm. and not only study the people who've succeeded, but the people who failed and Mm kind of learn from their mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything's different. So it's hard to give like a specific answer. But I think it's about doing your research and and having a great tribe of people around you, people that you could be like, yo, am I am I bugging on this one? Or it's like, is this right? Because as a freelancer, you'll always be in a tug of war because the client's always going to want more for less. That's just the nature of mm. the beast, mm. you know, um, even if you're making movies. You know, so I think it's just about having a good tribe of people around you that you trust their opinion. 
um, and you don't have to deal with it so much on your own and studying the people around you. So when you have those conversations with the folks around you, you know what you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. I realized there was a space between um, by any means and then your new, um, um, well, I want to say new, but this venture now of filmmaking and this space, it seemed like, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. it seemed like you 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 got into a, a groove of of learning yourself and traveling and like experiencing different cultures um internationally. Um what places have you traveled to and how did that inspire and you know um um contribute to your creative growth? Well yeah, I mean once once I decided that I wanted to um uh, operate a little bit more singular than as a collective, mm. I knew that I really needed to put my homework in, you know, and I pretty much put myself through school without having to go to film school because I couldn't afford to go to film school, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to just watch YouTube videos and read books and watch movies and <clears throat> really start understanding this on a different level. And that that just took time for me, you know? Mm. And through that, I was like, in this interim, I'm going to try to gain life experience, you know, so <clears throat> one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard is J.J. Uh, Abrams' dad gave him advice who, if you guys don't know, J.J. Abrams is Lost. a phenomenal yeah. producer, filmmaker, creative. Best. I mean, he directed Star Wars and Star Trek, which if you're a nerd, that's Wait, like... did makes he do you... Lost too? Yeah, he did do, he did do yeah, Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's Bad Robot. Um, but his dad gave him, when he graduated high school, he he was indecisive on whether or not he wanted to go to film school. And he spoke to his dad about it, who wasn't a filmmaker, and was just like, if you want to be a great storyteller, you need to live life. You know, and that's something that really resonated with me mm. because film films are really just about people, you know, and <clears throat> and and balance and duality and, um, you know, I think meeting more people, going to different places, getting different textures inspires you to tell different stories. Mm. So, you know, one of the places that I went through my travels was Taiwan. Mm. And <clears throat> I got inspired to make my last short film from being in Taiwan and shot it in Taiwan. Wow. You know, so without traveling, I wouldn't have had that spark of inspiration to make this film. Absolutely. Tell me about your, what's your writing process like? I mean, certainly, you know, shooting, you're looking for different light, color, texture, and a bunch of other stuff that I don't know because I'm mm. nice like how you nice. Uh, but, yeah. um, it, you know, writing is a different, I mean, it's a adjacent skill, but it's a different skill altogether. Like what are, what are some um, tones that you, or, or ideas you've brought over from shooting that help your writing? And then what are some things that you just learned um, through practice? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I have the utmost respect for writers because unlike being an actor or a gaffer or a director or a producer, you are starting with a blank piece of paper. And that's really, that's the hardest part, you know, is to get to get the engine going. Um, so I've, I have so much respect for them. Um, in terms of like what I've brought over from my experiences, I mean, you know, um, I think making music videos allows you to really hone your visual craft whereas in filmmaking you have to hone and in writing specifically you have to hone your pacing and rhythm of dialogue mm-hmm. and then to get even deeper how do you shoot that dialogue what's your film grammar mm-hmm. so it's it's a really deep thing and it's something that I'll probably have to dedicate my life to in order to even feel good at it it's that complicated mm-hmm. to make a good film um so yeah I mean I say that's it 
And operating between, because you've you've done, you've worked on a lot of corporate projects. I mm -hmm. you worked on the Starbucks campaign and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And what's the difference between operating in a corporate space and still being able to, you know, manage cultural projects and stories that you want to tell? Well, um, I'm. I don't know if I've. I've definitely haven't reached this yet. But I think the the true epitome of success is getting paid to be who you are. You know, Absolutely. so I've been really blessed. I've just been really blessed and fortunate throughout my career, but specifically in the corporate world, because um, for most of most of the time, there's not like an ad agency between them and I, oh, you dope. know, so that's unusual within itself. Mm -hmm. But they're really relying on my creative, mm. you know, um, and obviously they have their guidelines that you follow. But for the most part, I am free to to be somewhat of an artist. Um, so I've had a little bit of an untraditional experience within advertising, mm -hmm. um, but you know I look forward to those, you know, where you shoot seven days for thirty seconds. That would be really fun, <laughs> and I could just spend the whole day getting one take. That yeah, would be yeah. a lot of fun. So I look forward to that, but I haven't gotten there yet. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, this now this journey of storytelling, because I mean, essentially you've been telling stories from day one, even with the artists you've worked with. Um, you've been telling stories. When did you know that, you know, the vision evolved that you wanted to either take part of your experiences and create stories out of them or create, you know, stories that, you know, have came to you? When did you know that it was time to transition and where do these stories actually come from? Is it, is it part of you? Is it part of, you know, some of your friends relationships? Like mm -hmm. where do they come from? Um, yeah, I mean, I think inspiration for filmmaking, because it's so many things happening at the same time for a, a significant amount of time, mm -hmm. you're pretty much pulling inspiration from everywhere because mm -hmm. it's that layered and detailed. Um, but for me, I really look at filmmaking as something as therapeutic. Mm. So I look within a lot, you know, I look to work out internal issues somehow through my stories or through my writing. Um, you know, so my first short that I did was um, uh, based on this Biggie song called I Got a Story to Tell. And I did like this loose adaptation of that, you know, and that was like kind of me somewhat saying goodbye to music for a little bit as a video director, but but transitioning in a narrative. It was like a good balance of that, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's it, an interesting song to uh, is your goodbye because Biggie's abandoned in that one so it's kind of like you took the bag and you just I mean out, I didn't like, even think of it that poignantly <laughs> but deep. thank you <laughs> but um yeah and it just reminded me of growing up and just you know evolving into the next phase of my life I was mm. 30 so that's like weird and shit but um mm. it's a weird time but um but anyway and then my second story is is based on a true my second film is based on a true story that happened where I grew up in the Bronx wow. um you know so and and someone like me was just like a kid who had a lot of ambition, but maybe not a lot of guidance, you right. know. So I found that story to be really personal to me, you know. Um, and then uh, The Chair, which is the last short that I just finished in Taiwan, mm -hmm. it's really about like how your choices can put you in cycles. Mm -hmm. You know, you keep making the same mistakes over and over again to end up where you were and you're like fuck I, I wasn't supposed to do that and like, right. I said I wasn't going to do that anymore but here I am again you know yeah. so it's just me using it as as free th free therapy honestly mm -hmm. uh yeah I dig that um do you feel like as a creative because you know a lot of creatives look up to you man just like your story and the journey you've you've lived have you is it important for, is it important for creatives to create more opportunities than are given to them 
Oh, for sure. Because no one's no one's gonna help you. Mm. You know, and people don't like people like hopping on moving trains. Right. So you gotta help yourself before anyone's gonna help you. Absolutely. So for sure. Does the music game still inspire you? Um, mu- it's changed tremendously. For and sure. Is there a uh, Aristotle track somewhere out there on SoundCloud? I'm <laughs> sure there is. I'm sure, man. Being around the studio so much with these these hooligans, these fools, I'm sure I've. <laughs> There's some stuff out there, but um, yeah, music definitely inspires me. I mean, half a cinema is music. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I love it, and and I wouldn't necessarily call myself a DJ, but I like to DJ every now and then. I just like the the process of um, of you know, I produced for a long time. That's how I connected with with Cole. So it's like my still wow. my connection with with um, with music, but not having to sit in front of that computer for 10 hours a day mm-hmm. you know anyway is there a is there a movie that you would like to remake like mm. you know watching i'm i'm like a big like 60s movie but i feel like mm. a lot of dope films got made in the 60s like yeah. um what what film or films would you do you think should be remade or would you like to like try your hand at remaking you know i'm i'm a little conflicted with remakes because mm. my thing is like if it's not broke, don't don't fix it. Right. Yeah, you know, um, right. or adaptation rather. Yeah, I mean, um, like I'm scared to see coming to America too. Everyone else is really excited. I'm, yeah, right. I'm genuinely yeah, nervous. Kind of like, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you're playing with the legacy of one of the the most flawless films that's right, acceptable right. across the globe, and like it's ridiculous. Yo, something. why why is that such a hurdle? Is it like the social media aspect? Or? Uh. I'm just why why I'm worried they're making a, a number two. Yeah. Just because if it's not good, it ruins the leg. It, it tarnishes the brand. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good. Like why? I, I but I hope it is good. But I'm worried that it won't be. You know. So things like that really scare me. But I'm a big fan of adapting books. Like mm. you know, um, mm. and just adaptations in general. My first two films were adaptations. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love taking things and kind of re twisting them around. But um but yeah, I don't know. How does it feel, you know, now as a filmmaker and like, you know, your film has been accepted in a few festivals now. Mm-hmm. Um definitely list them if you can. And um how does it feel to feel, you know, your film being accepted and getting all these rave reviews and positive feedback? Um, I mean the best the best part of it all, honestly, is um Having people watch it in a theater and then talking to them about it after, mm-hmm. even if they don't like it, like that's cool because I'm okay with that. But they still have questions and they still want to know why certain things went down. And like I, I love that. And I never give them answers, but it's funny how everyone has a different take on something. Mm-hmm. And it's all based on their experiences and their insecurities and their things you know so Mm -hmm. it's cool like especially my last film the chair um is is more metaphorical and poetic than anything you know Mm -hmm. so it could really mean a lot of things and i've literally heard something different every time i show Mm -hmm. it to someone and that's been the most gratifying tell us a little bit about the the premise of it um like i said yeah it's just really about it's about choices and it's about um cycles in life Mm -hmm. and it's about um isolation and how to kind of work through that um but in i think a a, a unique way got it you um i feel like you practice 
and have mastered the art of self-sufficiency, right? Mm. And which I feel like is a lost art nowadays, you know what I mean? And I just think it's so dope. I was listening to an interview with Russ and also J. Cole's pretty self-sufficient. People who can produce their own music, write their own music or write their own films, write their own content, shoot it, direct it, put, you know, um, take the photos for it pretty much can design the whole thing themselves and, you know, are really good at everything. Um, first, was that by design that you decided to be self-sufficient in this whole spectrum of, of, uh, of, of creativity? Or was it something that, you know, was just inside of you to make sure you learned everything? Um, I think it comes from just being broke. Like, right. it comes from being well. broke and having good taste, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's the hardest part being an artist, especially when you're a new artist, is matching your art with your taste. Mm. That's really tricky, that's you know, hard. especially if you have good taste. Um, so it just comes from me seeing things a particular way and maybe they don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. And then when we do it, they're like, oh, that makes sense. And not every time I'm not, you know, it's not great every time, but mm -hmm. um, it's just kind of that of like, I will let, I'm an Aries too. I'm a triple Aries. So I'm very much a like, let me show you how to do it kind of person, which is not a uh. quality trait. But, <laughs> um, so it just comes from that, you know, it just mm -hmm. comes from like not having a lot, but, but having big ideas, right. um, which I hope helps me translate to, to filmmaking. Did you have to battle any type of like anxiety for that? Like coming, you know, having a fearless, a lot of time with creatives, we, you know, we have an idea like, you know, I could do a film, you know what? I could do music, but then fear, is that barrier that stops you from getting to the next next level. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I was, um, and I've experienced that. I was watching uh, some inspiration, I'm forgetting the lady's name and her way of um, uh, uh, fighting against that is to like count down in your head, five, four, three, two, one, and just do it. Just figure it out a way and just do it. And then, you know, figure out the rest later. Like, is there, is there any anxiety or fear you've dealt with in like, you know, becoming a DJ, producing and putting yourself out there repeatedly, reinventing yourself through different spe spectrums? Because it's it's not easy. You know what I mean? Knowing mm -hmm. that you're putting yourself out there in public to be, you know, if it's whack, people are going to say it's whack. They're mm -hmm. going to, you know, they're going to ridicule you or whatever. Um, how did you, you know, just manage that, maneuver through that? Uh, I'm not really afraid to fail. And I don't really rest on what other people think about mm. me. I know that sounds super cliche, but people don't really know what they want anyway. So Word. if you just do your own thing and find your own path, people are going to fuck with you. So, <laughs> you know, like, that's just really what it is. Nobody really knows what they want. And we all don't know what we're doing. Like, no one can say, I know exactly. Like, no, mm -hmm. it's not true. Like, we're all figuring it out as we go. So I don't really rest too many laurels on someone being critical of me trying something new. You know what I mean? It's mm. just like, I remember when I was an intern at Def Jam, I had this lunch with this executive and he asked me what what I wanted to do, you know? And I was like, oh man, you know, I got this artist and like, I really want to curate like the stage design and the art. And like, I just see it being like really visual and I want to tell these stories through the music. And he's just like, you sound like you're all over the place. You need to do one thing. Mm. And like, I never really subscribed. I've been told that a million times. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never really subscribed to that way of thinking. Yeah. And uh, I'll be completely transparent. There are a lot of dark times. There's a lot of self-doubt. There's mm. a lot of, you know, am I doing the right thing? Like making these films, I'm funding all of them. Mm -hmm. it's like all my savings it's like everything that i made from music videos 
I'm putting on the line for this new thing. But it's like, if you're going to do it, like bet on yourself, you know? Mm. And one thing I'm really big on is like that moment when you're laying in bed at night and you're looking up and it's just you and your thoughts. Like you can't lie to yourself. Mm. Like you can lie to other people. That's easy, but you can't really lie to yourself. Like, can you really say like, I'm really putting it all on the line? Like, am I really putting in the time? Am I really sacrificing everything within my means in order to achieve this goal. Mm. Um, and until you can really say yes, then you're you're not really on the path. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is it a, a goal of yours to live out your 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 best, you know, potential of, you know, of, of Aristotle Torres? Is that is that is that like you consciously wake up every morning and, and think like that, like, you know, the greatest version of yourself of yourself? No, I definitely don't wake up and feel like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think it just comes from, you know, being around good people, trying to be happy, finding joy in the little things in life. Like mm-hmm. as I get older, I hold less value in, in things and more value in experiences. And, um, you know, you just get older, you get more mature, you just start realizing like what really matters in life. And life gets a little bit smaller and a little bit simpler, you know. Um, yeah. Dig that. Dig that. Well, uh, that's a fact. Uh, well, you're on Driven Minds, and we ask all our guests this question. What okay. drives you? What gives you the gusto to go in the morning? Um, what gives me the gusto to go up in the morning? Uh, to fail. Mm. Yeah, I look forward to failing. Damn, I respect that. Yeah. You know what? That, that is wild transparent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? To increase your success rate, you got to increase your failure rate. Yeah, man. Definitely, you know I mean? definitely, yo. Uh, where can we find you on the socials? Where can we find your work? Like, if somebody wants to, you know, go back and check out, you know, your catalog, where can we check it out? Yeah, you can just go to Aristotle.nyc, A R I S T O T L E dot NYC, and it's all there. There yeah. you go. Yo, thank you so much for coming on, brother. Bless. Man, Thanks for having me, guys. The fire. Absolutely. Hey, I got to say this before we wrap. Uh, My man Aristotle got on the fire vintage polo right now with the oh, tuxedo Teddy. Double smooth. Haven't seen that since like '98. Oh. Round of applause for oh, Thank you. you <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. So much. Hey, wait, hey, hold tight. No, no, no. We gotta ask. Um, stuck on an island. Oh yeah. Okay. Three albums you taking with you? Mm, uh, that's Do tricky. How, oh, uh, how am I playing music on an island though? Let's talk about that. Mm, you said what? Island? How am I playing music on an island? There's no electricity. Uh, you have an iPod. Well, oh, first of all, I, I I don't think you're looking at this the right way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to. I'm going through this, the motions. This has a one um, impression too. Uh, honestly, I would probably choose a compilation of like old school salsa music, just because it would remind me of growing up, and I would probably be alone, of course, mm. right? Mm. And I'd be really lonely and start going crazy, and those those songs would remind me of being at home and me trying to play rap music instead of that mm. um second would probably be um volume three by jay-z okay. i don't think it's his best album but i have the most really good special memories from that album oh. um that's that's the one with um money cash holes on it yeah yeah, yeah. no right no no that's volume two uh volume three has the joint with mariah carey and oh, the joint yeah. with Timbo slept on a lot, and it's the one where he's it's that's the intro. Happened. It's like that's the one. you know, it's if you like me, you right. ripping the the package off your CD right yeah, now. Right, right, it's right, that right, one, right, like right, oh right, my right. god, I have so many great memories to that album. Right. Um, so I would just try to stay sane with memories, you know, via music. Mm-hmm. And um, three, uh, John Williams Star Wars soundtrack mm. because I could just see the film, 
I'm I'm not picking good music. I'm picking sanity. Like I'm really thinking of being <laughs> on an island and like how do I keep myself level headed? Yeah. Not mad. So what what about uh, top three movie? There you go. Um, top three films. That's really tricky. But the films that have most inspired me or that I can watch over and over again and not get tired. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Ooh. Coming to America, Sweet. Friday. First one. There you go. First one. That's Gotta the best be one. First one. That's Second the best one. YouTube, we got it the first one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and real quick, um, since, uh, you know, um, Story Ave, Aristotle's film got accepted into the New York Latino Film Festival. The production <laughs> crew <laughs> is in the house. Bop, 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 bop. Y'all killed that, man. Such great um, panels and symposiums and events. So well curated. Congratulations. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate Thank it. you. So shout out Natalia. Shout out JB. Um, Thanks. Nice. To everybody. Um, it was an amazing uh, experience. We'll get into that later. But um, we want to thank the good brother for coming on the Driven Society podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Like we always say this time, stay driven. Stay driven.